You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the Vicious Circle. Sid, how you doing tonight? Good, Rob. How about yourself, buddy? I'm doing great. I didn't get to watch the show, but I caught some highlights. Okay, good, 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 good. Yes. So uh, you wanted to talk tonight about AEW and how people are reacting to it. That and NXT, what they saw last night, what they liked, they didn't like, what they they might have a question about, something like that as well. And then we'll see what we talked about and what I've looked into and uh, <coughs> just recovering from COVID-19. Um, but <coughs> no, um, I really took the time to watch a little bit of NXT for the first time last night and be able to get at least a little bit of an equal comparison, uh, for the first time as well. So see what people, what they thought about too. I'll start off real quick. Uh, let's see real quick and put us, we'll start a new thing called the prayer list and, We'll put Maggie on that. Put me on there, too. I've got a head cold. But, um, Maggie, hope you're doing better out there. Shout out to, um, real, real quick, too. Um, what's the kid, Dean and his kid from somewhere? Oh, Dean and Harry. Harry. Dean and Harry, how you doing over there? Um, and all, Val and um, Lori and Rob. And also Jeff Arthur, Rob's president of the fan club. Right. He also was a pr- participant in... <clears throat> last night's study. I had this one lady. She's 83 years old. Her name is Ann Rafferty. Her nickname is Violet. She's a Violet. She's an old hippie um, <clears throat> from Midtown Memphis. That tells you everything. If you're from this area, Midtown is a bunch of hippies, you know, a bunch of yuppies, uh, Midtowners. Um, she's been a big fan of wrestling her whole life. Um, always a big Memphis wrestling you know, that Memphis wrestling, but she also followed all wrestling. So she watched it last night and then Jeff Arthur watched it, who we're all familiar with him. Mm-hmm. The guy that has all these weird hangups with women. Um, anyway, he's a big wrestling fan. He started over the Atlanta side of there. That's where Georgia championship, Georgia championship wrestling was from. And then that's where, you know, WCW came out of, uh, the NWA and stuff, NWA and stuff like that. So he's real familiar with that. <laughs> So I had them watch it as well last night. Then, so let's start off the first of the night on AEW. What I saw was that battle royal. Uh, you know, I don't understand that battle royal unless I forgot everything I know about this business. Um, battle royals are town killers, and I can't imagine. Um, and I'm guessing 
how Battle Royal, somebody can, if they know the truth of this, correct me. I'm guessing Battle Royals probably started off as a good idea a long time ago when they had the first Battle Royal. But like everything else, they ran it in the ground. It doesn't mean anything. So, um, again, my experience in the business, Battle Royals are town killers. It's not something you would think you'd ever start off a night with unless things have changed so much. Um, again, that to me, that was a bad So I'd like to see, we saw, Robbie showed me a picture of the ratings of their graphics over the last what, weeks or something. I'd like to see what they were last night. But again, started off bad. So I, I flipped over to uh, NXT and I saw this and this is what uh, how, I, how I saw it. So, um, you know, it was they're building up war games and um girls are in it and guys whatever so um excuse me we all know and this is being rude or anything this is being honest steven regal is really boring but i caught just the end of a vignette or a video or something they had made up about war games where he was saying war games i guess that's what he's saying went to this is really really cool vignette and this is their production is better than it's ever been. I haven't, you know, every time I turn it on, I don't see enough of their production. I always see like some fat guy doing the worm or something, <clears throat> or that sh Shimaki guy, you know, always stupid stuff. But this actually was really cool. Really, some of the best, and it was just a minute or so. I was flicking back and forth so fast. But um, it was really some of the coolest stuff I've seen on for production wrestling in a long time. So um, then you go back to AEW, and then boy, wow, is that a big like wow, like things slowed down really fast, you know, really quick. Like man, that's uh, the culture, um, culture shock, exactly. And it's like okay, now, and so, all right. So I saw that. What I, one thing I didn't understand about the Battle Royal, I thought that that Page guy that was one half of the tag teams with Kenny Omega. Uh, was a pretty good talent and everything. You, you don't put people in a battle role like that and not do anything with them. You know, just a stupid way to get him out of it. Just didn't make any sense. A lot of things didn't make sense in that show last night too, AEW. Um, uh, like the thing that they're doing with the um, Chris Jericho's uh, group. I forget what they call themselves. Um, they're, they're combining their group with another group and they've done it for the last few weeks and they did like a debate a few weeks ago. It was just to me, and I'm not being rude here again, just honest, it was just a waste of television time until they got to the to the punchline of the night that night, two or three weeks ago. I said, okay, I can understand that. I understand that what their point now. They're, they're trying to act like they're not, they don't like each other, but they're both tough people. It'd be fun if they got together, make, make their group stronger. You know, that was the theory, I guess. But then they went to Vegas next week. That looks stupid. That was a waste of their time. Then last night, you know, they had two guys on the floor trying to tell one guy don't hit the guy with a sock. Um, uh, they had one guy wanting to throw in the towel. The other guy wanted to fight with the guy, Chris Jericho, like the grandmother or the aunt of both groups going, okay, you two, you group, y'all stop fighting. We're going to argue this out next week. Another boring debate. So that was confusing. That and was then, the inner circle. That's what it is. The inner, inner circle. circle. Right, right. Tell that jerk next to you, keep his mouth shut. <laughs> no, his kids. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no. Um, so then uh, the girl match was okay. I like the Britney girl, but the thing about it, um, and I like the little girl she's working with. 
she uh, really, for her little style, you know, she's really, really short. She has these little things she does well, like her chops, or her overhead chops are like right under the person's chin. But she does her little spots really well. But it wasn't, um, even I think they had a better match at the girls' match in the depth of NXT was just, again, culture shock. Really made the Britney girl, who I think has a future there, um, is one of the heels in the business who could get themselves over um, with talk and pretty good work. You know what I mean? She don't have the best body. She don't have the best look. And, but her talk and all the other things she puts together, I think, makes her for a really good you know, package in the business. Um, but, man, just everything was off of them last night. Then you get to the main event. <clears throat> I called. You know, I said, Rob, I think I told you this. I told Larry Francis. Also, by the way, has anyone done a background with Larry Francis? But I told <laughs> Larry this. So. I told Larry a while back that they're going to make Kenny Omega the champ. And I said last yeah. night and a couple of times before, too, that I hate for them to waste that on a non-live event because that's what they've been going for, it looks like to me, at least for a year or so. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I called when I saw their first show, that this guy, Omega, one day would be there, who they'll go to as their, you know, big big champ sometime and so exactly yeah so they went to that unfortunately their match wasn't that great they worked their butts off but it just didn't come across that good i don't know what about moxley he just he looked flat i'm, I'm not saying i'm mean that too he really looked just not himself um but this is what i feel like happened <clears throat> when you have a really good interview like he did where he jumped omega it really really mean to me it was meaningful it really got came across well the match has got to be equally as as good and mm-hmm. his mat the match wasn't as good as the interview unfortunately um and and then what happens is the interview it was a good interview but the things they said too in, in the interview like you know, we're the two best top guys in the business you know the, the people come to see this match and um it just didn't come across you know what i mean they trying hard uh, but it just, you know, I don't know what they were trying. Sometimes to me, what it looked like when uh, I was in a position to have probably the best night in a long time and it didn't come right because I was trying too hard, you know. But <clears throat> anyway, to me, I think I'm 100% right on that. It was a waste. Um, they won't ever get that back. If that if that farts like that in front of people, at least you got the people to feed off of. And um, to me, it's just, man. But again, so seeing the ratings that the people are liking this, this is the upside for AEW in my view, point of view, is that um, the people are saying, I want to see something else. Yeah. You know, and that's what that's what the people were saying in the beginning uh, days of AEW by coming out. And I've heard rumored that some of those shows were paid off, whatever. But they were getting some numbers to those people, to those shows, even whatever. But they, it's falling off, but still. I like to see what they could have done, you know, mm-hmm. and really, I think this pandemic will, I've never seen anything kill the opportunity worse than this was killed for anyone. Well, right after our show on Tuesday, Andrew sent in a bunch of these things, and this is a great graph right here. This is the year 2020. Right. Blue is AEW and yellow is NXT. Right. And it shows you're right. They want to see, like, it, it bounces around here in the summer. But blue. Well, think about what happened if that charts right. So put that back up for a second, Rob. 
So the chart says if if that's down there in the summit, that's when uh, they had to get away from the live events. And that's when everybody was struggling what to do. And then um, I bet you right there where that, that peak that NXT catches him is when they came out with the, the new stuff around ringside. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, I'm guessing that. I'm just guessing that. Yeah. It fits. It makes sense. Right. You know. Um, but no, that's big news. AEW and NXT. I saw that. It's pretty good. So it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It was also, like I said, it was a culture shock to see the two differences, two um, contrast in the two companies, you know. Um, well, I just saw Cheryl posted something here, and that makes sense too. She goes, I fell asleep watching it. I only recognized about three wrestlers. And that I wonder if she part in it too. Right, right. This is something too. I'm like Cheryl. I don't, I don't recognize any of them, so it's like hard to watch. At least at AEW, I, I recognize a couple of them, and then um, NXT is just this is what we got to realize too. But NXT is their weakest, their weakest division. So imagine if that was SmackDown or yeah, or or what's the other one? Um, uh, Raw. Raw. I mean, ah, man, that'd be. It's almost like it's like they're like dragging them in like a spider. You're like, okay, come over here, AEW, and yeah, <laughs> we got you. We squash them. <laughs> so, and I guess the biggest one from last night too was Sting showing up. Yeah. Okay. So fans, uh, Jeff Arthur and fan Ann Rafferty over Memphis, you know, Jeff says, "Oh, this is the worst wrestling I've ever seen in my life." He said, "But it was cool to see Sting come out." So a lot of people were up on that. Larry Francis, I think, said he cried when he saw Sting come out. Uh, why I don't know, but um, but no, it was pretty cool. I saw that too, and uh, they got a lot out of it. Never had to say anything. No. Uh, uh, when he talks, it usually exposes him a little bit. So that was smart. <laughs> That's what Chris said. It's Sting. Yeah. yeah. He he glared at everybody, and then he left. Right. Right, he did. And it was interesting. He took a gimmick again from a show that that was been over for three years. It was that right. winter is coming. That's from Game of Thrones. It's from what? Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Yeah. That was the big know. catchphrase throughout the whole show because winter is coming was their signal that the White Walker zombie ice people were going to invade. Oh, okay. And then Sting showed up. <laughs> no, that was pretty cool. So, I mean, I don't, um, that was a, a good spot for them. So, that will help them out a little bit in the ratings. So, shows right now, they're still fighting to stay in the business. You know, I don't see any signs of them, you know, throwing their hands up yet. Uh, no, no, not at all. Uh, I do hear just a few rumors that, I don't know, normal stuff. Um, you tell, like, I heard today that from someone who's been done a few TVs there <clears throat> said some of the guys from WWF, uh, like, um, Moxley and them, um, Dustin Rhodes, he said, you could tell that they're nervous, meaning that they're wondering if this is their last gig, you know, cause they can see it's not really getting over like they thought it was. Well, even Jeremy here, he questions, uh, <clears throat> I heard AEW is going to make a video game. What are your thoughts on it? And yeah, I've heard it's in production. I think, I mean, I think all those companies had some little thing like that. You know, UWF did. Um, 
almost all, I mean, all these little companies have these little deals with dolls or video games. So, uh, and then they, you know, they get these companies that aren't, aren't, aren't nothing but just companies trying to do that. They don't last long, you know, so that's not a big deal to hear that. Well, yeah, I know you've even been approached a couple times about the telephone games. About yeah. How you sit in there. And right. honestly, I know they talked to you and I don't think we've ever heard from them since. That's what I'm saying. You, Rob, yourself, like we know, we hear that all the time. Yep. Uh, David, I don't think you can. David David Lee Packett here says, bring back kayfabe. But it's too late, I guess. Times are changing. That's well, you know, honestly, David, it's not a bad idea because – Again, with the pandemic and way things are, they've had to cancel like WrestleMania and stuff like that. I, my theory is, if you have a chance, start over. Uh, kayfabe wouldn't be a bad idea. It would be a great <clears throat> idea. I just don't think you could make it believable again. Like people saying it's real when they already know. You know. You know what? This is the thing. I think you're just. I think you're totally absolute wrong about that, or totally on the wrong side of what's going on there if you think how internet stuff is and and uh quick people taking quick vote photos of people and exposing them you know again if you know if uh if you did the opposite and showed them like arguing the back and stuff like that man these people really don't get along you know what i mean and just post yeah. stuff like that on their and the ones that are doing all these ones that are doing podcasts just have them start saying that you know what until yesterday i really didn't hate so-and-so so bad but i really hate so-and-so really bad right now you know what i mean you could just, you could plant to see a few of those then you could get you know people that are taking it the wrong way they go you know i can't i can't stand sid won't hate rob but you know because this is a this business is a work we're not supposed to hate each other <clears throat> you know you could do all kind of stuff with way uh you know podcast and uh social media works now you use that to your advantage and create all kind of doubt or suspicion about things in the business now okay i can't i can't argue that logic i just don't know if you can make the entire business kayfabe no you can't yeah. but um but you can pretend to you know like for instance here's a good example when i heard so much about those guys doug furnace and phil lafonts coming into um the wwf like they were going to be the greatest tag team in the whole wide world and i found out who it was you know and I like both of them. Don't get me wrong, but they're not the greatest. So if I mean, if we could hear that as workers going to our car in the parking lot, if we could spread that rumor that shit, hey, you know what? Vince decided to make this shit real for the next year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? He come out and goes, you know what? The business is bad. It's what it's it's time to make this business a cutting cut. You know, doggy dog world, and those who survive survive, and those who don't don't, and just start firing people. <laughs> you know. If you don't survive. Yeah, exactly. You know, Joe Beck has got a good comment. He goes, the reason that sting can make such an impact in Jake Roberts managing works is because we still want to see these guys. He goes, I would rather watch Sid throw Marty Jannetty around the ring than anything on TV now. Yeah. Jeff, but the, uh, uh, Joe Buck, this is the thing back. This is Joe Beck. You love Jake Roberts. You've got a, like a fetish for this guy, that and crack <laughs> cocaine. So you say that about Jake. Now, Sting, I can understand having an old guy around to hear about his old stupid war stories and stuff like that. But Jake Roberts, no. Joe, you're you're a nice guy, but you're stupid sometimes. Thank you very much. Unfriend yourself and then beg us to come back on the show sometime, okay? And there's Internet Sid. There we go. Uh-huh. 
Uh, here's good old Dr. Stevel saying, I see that Sid is being pleasant again. There you go, Steve. <laughs> you know, I want everyone to do a background search on Joe Beck, uh, Joe Beck as well as uh, uh, Larry Francis. These guys freak me out a little bit. Yeah. Jeff Arthur, if you're listening tonight, he had a question. That he asked me today, I forget what it was. Uh, he, we were talking about the questions he was going to ask tonight. Um, you know, he's really nervous about being the president of your fan club. I'm good with it. I know you are. <laughs> uh, here's a comment from Greg Baca. Hey, Sid and Rob, how are you? Excited to join the convo on AEW. Hashtag Omega is the champ. Let the celebration come to Tuesday night. Fist bump the world. That's the other thing I wanted to ask you about. Because we had a conversations about how promotion against promotion can pretty much kill a promotion. Right. And that's what they've set up at the end of this show. They've got AEW against Impact. Really? Yeah. Omega won the title. And I can't remember the, the announcer's name that was there with him from Impact. He rushed him out to the limo and he said, you're going to find out all about it on Tuesday on Impact Wrestling. Excuse me for burping again. I heard that, but I didn't even put two and two together. So, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, man. I'm, I'm praying that's not what they're doing. Oh, dude. Oh. Oh, here you go. Internet Sid's got a fan. Member says, Internet Sid is the master and ruler of social media. There you go, buddy. No, that's that's crazy to hear. Um, yeah, that would be um, that'd be the make it or break it situation for him. I think it'd be a break it situation. Unfortunately, um, I don't know anything about TNA anymore, other than I just heard they were dead. Um, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. I gotta be honest. Uh, I don't even know if they're a thing anymore. <laughs> I wonder if they're just saying that. I did hear them say so about Tuesday night, and I didn't pick up what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. Wow, man, that would be crazy. <clears throat> so, I, I, like I said, it, it sounds interesting, though. I, it sounds cool to hear. Oh, here's David Lee going, Yes, Jake is a great talker. Great for business for talking up a promo. Well, I guess you haven't seen his, recently pro, his recent promos. It's like just going, You know. Mm-hmm. He can't even talk. I know, right? He's like brain dead, dude. Uh, Patrick's got a comment here. A little off topic, but wouldn't Big Van Vader and King Kong Bundy have made a great tag team? They could have had an epic feud with the Road Warriors. That would be a good tag team. That really would. That would be. That'd be a good. That'd be a, a good uh, tag team on the card on the on the match. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good card. Yes, I'm Patrick, I think uh, Vince needs to hire you as his promoter for for booking towns. There we go. Uh, I'm trying to go back up here and because I missed a whole bunch of questions from earlier. Um, here's one. Mike says, "Sid, quick question, if I may. What's your opinion of Jim Cornette, and where do you rank him?" Man, I don't know. I think everybody says would say the same thing about him. He's he's a really Loves the business and pretty smart for the business. Knows a lot of stuff, but just weird. You know, just weird to me. I find that passion can sometimes change thinking. 
Right. And if you get too passionate about something, it can kind of change your thoughts about that that, that topic. Hey, something I was thinking about too. Um, we might do a, a Christmas show. You know, the thing about wrestling, they always had a Christmas show uh, because it was um, it was after Christmas. It wasn't really a lot to do that night, and everyone always had a little extra money. And it was always a really good night for the wrestling. So uh, I, we'll think about it, but we might have a Christmas show this year. Cool. <clears throat> make sure my calendar's clear. Yeah, me too. Uh, let's see here. Ryan Haskell asks, uh, love Chris Jericho. Did Sid cross paths or work with him? No, I just saw him. I just saw him as he was leaving WCW. I was coming in. Glad you brought up Chris Jericho. He's a hell of a worker. Uh, works his butt off. But man, I don't think he could gain any more weight. There was a spot in there. I'm sure people will talk about it. His stomach actually busted his belt off of his pants last night. He's had a hard time keeping his really? pants off. Yeah, he it did. Did anyone see that or pick up on that? Um, but uh, his gut, man, he's really gained some weight. And looks like someone shot him in the chest with a cannonball. It's like like it was embedded into his chest cavity. I don't know what happened. He get a car wreck or something. I hope he's all right. I hope so too. <laughs> He looked horrible, man. But listen, you can do that as a heel, everyone. Um, be fat and, you know, but he's still moving good, you know, for no fat guy. Okay, I've got two comments here. Uh, Brad says TNA is on life support. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. That's what I'm worried about. But then Josh says TNA changed to impact. So... Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe Impact is. Wait. Didn't it used to be called that? I think so. I think so. Who knows? But this is stupid. This is a bad decision. Yeah. Ask what ask, ask, uh, Jerry Jarrett and Randy Hells in the Memphis Territory. Ask Jim Cornette. You know, the guy that thinks he's so smart. Uh, what happened to Smoky Mountain? They did that angle. I, I wasn't a part of it, but I did see. Like, I, I think I, I was. Were those times that I was off and I was able to come in and do a show? It was either right after it happened or during, you know, it went for a few weeks. But when both territories went back home and went their way, both territories shut down pretty quick after that. So, um, and I saw firsthand what it did to people like Billy Jack Keynes, who, um, you know, I like to pride myself as a heel had pretty good heat. And I, I was really the, featured heel there and after i went back to the wwf billy J billy jack haynes came in was the featured heel and i have to say honestly not really disliking or liking the guy too well he did a really good job and but when that feud was over the feud made him a baby face when they left cornet's territory smoky mountain whatever it is turds um it left billy Appreciate jack haynes, billy jack haynes just a pure baby facing and then so when you know, Memphis crowd was like, Bleh. you know, so I saw that firsthand. So um, I have a feeling that'll happen to them too. And if they're doing that is a, you know, what I said just earlier, earlier, I did not see any signs of any like closing signs for the territory, but I'm going to say that's the first one right there. And that's a tough, that's, a, that's almost like a death sentence. And I'm not joking about that. And Rob, and I think everyone that on 
if I'm predicting something on you, you better hope I'm not right. Yeah. Pretty much I have been, you know. I, all I remember is you're saying as soon as those promotions start, everybody in a promotion becomes a baby face. And right. as soon as it's done, there's nobody. There's no heat. There's, there's nothing. There's no heat. Um, only, this is the only thing could have happened that might change it, make it a little bit better if, say, uh, AEW bought out TNA or Impact or something, and there's a few guys there that can make a difference, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they still have some type of television contract with the company they're on TV, that'd give them a little more TV exposure for the talent they got, you know? <clears throat> then, you know, here you go, too. Here you got your your Raw and SmackDown, you know, you know, comparison. Uh, then you got the beginning of it, too. So... <clears throat> It could work, but yeah, it's a big risk. It's a big risk. Uh oh. Yeah. Here's from Joe. It says, I'll take Sid on anytime. Indianapolis street fight oh. Buff Bagwell as my manager and Ricky Martin. Oh my god. <laughs> I could have said he was gonna say Buff Bagwell. <laughs> he he's got like a van that's got three good tires on it, okay? <laughs> and he travels America. To wherever Buff is, like in some stupid little elementary gym somewhere that didn't even have a roof on it, he'll run up to him for a five-dollar autograph. You know, it just shakes and trembles. Like this, Buff Bagwell. It just makes me sick. He followed. Listen, he's a stalker too, Joe Beck. He, he stalks these people. I'm seeing he, that. He came to my house. I, I showed you a video of him. Uh, him and his whole family showed up here in a caravan. <laughs> a bunch of gypsies, man. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey Arthur says, do you like my arms, WWF? Suxi and James Baum, your favorite present from me. Okay. Um, he, he sends me presents. All right, let's talk about that real quick. He sends me birth, uh, Christmas presents, and uh, I'm going to expose him tonight. So uh, – <laughs> He sent me this really, you know, this really nice. I still have it in there. So, like a stand, you know. Then he sent me a, a, it's weird. Now, this part's weird. It was a rabbit, a ceramic rabbit, like up on his back legs, looking at you, like really mean looking teeth. <laughs> and uh, I didn't want to do anything, you know, throw it away. But then one day, I or someone was in there cleaning it up and knocked it over and it broke. And I still have the stand. And I keep my grandsons. And a shout out to my grandson, too. Uh, I call him Son. His name is Raylan. Um, but um, so um, I still have the stand. I keep the baby soap on there, whatever. Um, so he'll send me. He sent me James Bond DVD the other day. Um, not the other day, a couple months ago. He's just been on me and on me about. Hey, have you watched it? And I went, uh, No, not really. And then he's like, You know, it's a collector's item. And, and then the guy dies recently. So I got to watch that. But he sent me a. Uh, here's something he sent me right here. Uh, he sent me this. One Christmas or something like that. I think I won that from him. I got a Chicago Cubs hat. I won because I picked the Cubs to win the uh, World Series. But this year, Mr. Cheapo, and he told me this tonight after I invited him to my podcast. <laughs> yeah, laugh, Rob. So I said, uh, I said, yeah, man, thanks for the Christmas presents. He goes, he goes, um, well, tell him how nice I am to you. Said that. I'm going to probably get you something for Christmas. You know, he's already said he's going to get me a uh, um, Dodgers hat since they won. I picked them to win the World Series. So he goes, yeah, I'll pick. I see he goes, he said, but um, forgive me about your, forgetting your birthday. And I said, well, Jeff, my birthday hadn't got here yet. He goes, 
I, I, oh yeah. But I mean, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to get out to get my one. You cheap son of a <laughs> bitch, man. Wow, man. So I, y'all, we might be looking for a new president of our fan club. I'm thinking Jeff, uh, Jeff, Jeff you oh man. Let's find another one here. Uh, and by the way, everyone's Jeff's hobby is, um, checking websites for like arrows escorts and stuff like that and he hits these women up and scares them to death <laughs> well hey everyone needs a hobby right i know right <laughs> kyle says hey robin sid from your buddy kyle in green bay wisconsin ps can send you guys a christmas card in the mail yeah it's getting that time for christmas cards isn't it yeah right man it would be yeah christmas cards my uncle sent me one the other day with a lucinda williams cd uh, Wheels on a Gravel Road, which is a great CD. Uh, Rolling Stones gave it album of the year. Um, really, really good, um, really good album. See, I got the album and CD. If, if everyone can see behind me, it says that album is Electric Mud. That's Muddy Waters. He collaborated with a bunch of really cool musicians and put a real like wow, wow, you know, some heavy metal to his songs. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, let me see. John's got a question. What's the worst storyline you ever got put in? Um, the one with um, Ox Baker and Brian Adams, whatever his name is. Um, can't remember what his gimmick was called then. That was probably one of the worst things. And then, uh, well, it wasn't crushed. That was uh, Brian Clark. Oh, that's Brian Clark. Adam Baum. Um, he was wore this like Viking thing and. It only lasted one night, but that was probably the worst night of my life. And then probably this, one of the worst things being was was when I was with that fat stooge, uh, Ted DiBiase, that ended up, you know, being in the uh, Million Dollar Corporation. And because of that, I had to take an acid trip one night with him in a theater in Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm not a kid. This sounds I feel like sound like Bill Walton tonight. I've been watching too much college basketball. He's always talking about taking acid with the Grateful Dead. But no, I'm not kidding. Unless I dreamed this, and I don't think I did. We had a night off one time. It was up in the Northeast, and um, this guy was a security guard. He always drove us around. We didn't have to get a car. And we ended up going to drive in and taking acid. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. At a drive in. That's crazy. Isn't it? I'm not making that up either. That's weird. I know. I don't know how I even got to that, everyone. <laughs> the conversation just. That's just wrestling. We're talking wrestling tonight. Uh, Dean, there's Dean. Uh, he said, Sid, would you make an appearance on AEW if you got the phone call? You know what? If all this hadn't got like it is now, I might have considered it looked like they were doing something pretty good. Um, I just, I don't know, guys. I, I don't want to. I said no to TNA for years and years and years, all the way up to now, because I didn't ever want to do anything that you know, make my career look stupid. Um, just never know, you know, so I don't think so. I don't think I could, you know, I don't think they, even if they basically come here and take over and try to make this place work. I don't even think I, I, it'd be hard to think of, oh man, you know, even I love challenges too. Everybody knows that. Um, it's just like, God, I don't know. You, I think y'all have messed up so bad. I don't see anything really here. Um, don't really want you know, to I, I don't think I'll see anything shiny, you know. Oh, never's got a good comment. I've seen Sid in his Cubs hat. He looks like a giant Harley race. 
You <laughs> son of a bitch. That's, that's I love Harley Race. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not a barrel-chested, fat old guy with a weird trunks. Man, that bad. really that hurts, man. Oh. I'm 59, 59 years old, coming up on my 60th birthday, and you compare me and said I look just like Harley Race. <laughs> Am I sitting here in my underwear? Because I'm not. And people would that, know. They can see you. <laughs> listen, unfriend yourself and talk to me next week. Josh Johnson says, happy holidays, Sid. Do, don't powerbomb Santa. Well, if I was in Philadelphia, I would. You know, they said Philadelphia is like the hardest people in the world. They even beat up Santa Claus one time. And what it was is it was um, at a Philadelphia football game. Santa came out, and that, they could tell he was drunk. And they just beat him down with like ice balls. And they, they tell the story every year. Um, wrestling actually took advantage of that. Uh, Lawler and them in Memphis did a parody off of that one time. They beat Santa up and everything it was real stupid. <laughs> I've, yeah, okay. I've seen interesting gimmicks like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here's a nice one from Jeremy. Uh, you are very, very wonderful and very, very amazing on social media. God bless you, Sid. All right, Jeremy. I love that, man. Yes. Of course, that never comes back. You should make a Christmas card with Sid's voice that says, shut up, you snot-nosed brats. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's good, man. Uh, Brad asks, he goes, Sid, a few shows back, you said Bill Casimir? Casimir, yeah. Yeah. Was the strongest guy you've been in the ring with. Who would you say is the meanest and toughest? Well, um, there were so many of them. Um, Bill Casimir, by the way, was a really nice guy. He wasn't a mean guy, but he really was probably the strongest. Um, Probably, you know, you know, I was in the ring with Bart Gunn, but he was one of the nicest guys in the world, too. Uh, probably the meanest, toughest guy other than Bart would be Steve Williams. Yeah, he you know, good. yeah, he was, man. I, I saw him in too many situations. You know, I saw him back down Marvin Hagler one night in Boston. That's a tough dude. You know, he's a small guy. But again, you know, <clears throat> I didn't see a lot of people jumping up to fight him, you know. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding because he, I don't think he didn't, I don't think he's, you know, we talk about the business sometimes. There's spot pickers that people just take advantage of certain people, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I can honestly say there was, that wasn't the case with Steve Williams, man. I don't, you know, cause he wasn't the biggest guy, but man, I don't think he ever backed down from anyone. I can't see it. No. No, no. Uh, Patrick asks, Sid, would you say Jerry Lawler had a positive influence on your early days in wrestling? Yeah, he did. He always he was really uh, always good to me, treated me good, gave me my break with Lord Humongous, which uh, Memphis only lasted for a couple weeks, but then that got me the Lord Humongous gig down Continental, and now uh, he gave me a break coming back into Memphis, and um, just always um, really good to me, pretty good to me. And Danilo has a good one here. Sid, any thoughts on the late Kerry Von Erich? He read somewhere that he said you were the most awesome man he'd ever wrestled early in your career. And do you have any interactions with him back in the WWF? Yeah, we had some. Uh, the thing is, he was a really cool guy, too. You know, the guy was – I remember him being like the first real superstar I met person because, man, when he came to Memphis with Memphis and, and world-class uh, combined there for a little bit, called themselves Global. Um, Kerry would come into Memphis and do a few shots here, and just every place he came was just sold out. 
he was, you know, he really was, he was big before anybody was big, you know, uh, but a guy really down to earth, um, just super nice guy. Oh, here's an interesting one uh, from Antonio. Sid, if you were a booker, what time period would you book and who would you be and who would be your world champion? Well, I'd, I'd book in this time period, I guess, unless you want me to go back to the fucking cave ages. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> language. Uh, wow, internet, Sid. Uh, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll go back before wrestling. I'll actually tell you what it is. I'll talk about starting from the beginning. That's what I'll do, uh, Antonio. Are you, a kid? Are you kidding to Antonio Brown, the smart ass that plays for the Tampa Bay Bucks? Can't get a job right now? Uh, well, keep your daytime job. But no, yeah, I'll do it. I'll book way before cavemen. I'll, I'll book as we were amoebas coming out of freaking water, okay? I'll put you in a lose your hair match as the first amoeba on dry land. How's that for you? I got my first sellout, all right? You and three other amoebas. So does, I, that I, make, I does, that, does that make sense? Who would be the world champion? The uh, the first seahorse. <laughs> there we go. I'll there you it. go. It'll take a while. Go. Then there was God, and there was seven days, and it was great <laughs> this. This is this, what I said. We got to take our time and angles. <laughs> right. You know? Right. That's, yeah. That's a long time for an angle. <laughs> hey, this is, this is, you know, BC guys before Christ. John Murray. How far, how far back that can I go to you know, <laughs> challenge myself? Uh, John Murray put this and it fits so well right now. Did you ever consider doing more movies? Because personally, I think you'd be great. <laughs> I think so too. I just, I tell you guys, I turned out a lot of movies, didn't have time to do them. But um, no, this is what I've always been able to do is uh, I can teach people to act like this and have fun and create and do stupid stuff. You know, that's how I got Colonel Parker and Harlem Heat their job. I got up in, in front of Jim Barnett and Ole Anderson and, and acted as Colonel Parker before they ever met. They knew who Colonel Parker was, but this before he ever came in. Then they said, who do you think? And they both asked me this in the office at WCW. They said, who do you think about doing this character? I said, uh, Rob Fuller. And Barnett knew him because Barnett, I think he had booked for Barnett before. And for Odie as well. Robert was a pretty smart guy. Uh, weird, but smart. Back in the, Not smart today, you know, for the business. But, you know, those weird matches. Anyway, uh, they said, the only problem, can, can he do it as good as you're doing it? No, that was the problem when I came up with an angle for or so a character for someone if they could do it as good as I was doing it. Uh, let's see. Oh, Craig has here breaking news: AEW has signed Hacksaw Jim, Disco Inferno, and Million Dollar Man to lead the company. I think we might need to check that for uh, fact. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, and here's Patrick. He's all he's all down for your promotion. King Amoeba. Yep. There you go, man. That's the it. First, the first personality to come out of there. There you go. I like this kid. <laughs> uh, yep. Craig says Sid needs a DeLorean. <laughs> there you go, man. 88 miles an hour. I found out an interesting fact about that. A DeLorean that? could never get to 88 miles an hour. Well, they might get to 88, but not much more than that, right? They oh, They had to change the speedometer in the movie so that it read 95. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. They weren't good cars. No. Hey, by the way, I guess we all know too. Um, Pat Patterson passed away, right? 
that's where I was headed because I missed it right at the beginning. Where Another that's a Canadian. You know, he's from Montreal, right, Rob? Yes. Well, where'd it go? Val text in, and now I can't find it. But uh, she had said that Pat Patterson passed away yesterday. Yeah, bad deal. And I didn't realize it, but he was one of the originators of the Royal Rumble. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, apparently, that was one of his brainchilds, uh, putting that together, and it's become huge. Well, in the beginning, when there were no ideas out in the beginning, there was not that there was ever easy to do this. When Pat came up with a lot of ideas that really formed the company in the beginning, that's why I heard so much uh, before I ever met Pat that you know Pat Patterson is the, is the guy behind all the good things happening there. You know, man. Ah, oh, okay. Craig just canceled his own news. Fake news, he said. So yeah. Hacksaw, Disco, yeah, not signed. <laughs> I would, I would, man, that would just, they might as well put a gun in their heads and shoot themselves. Because <laughs> I'll probably get, I'll be taking off Facebook now for saying that. But uh, no, that would just be stupid. You know, I'd say Jim Duggan, if he, his name really was in there, he knows enough about the business. He was around some really smart people like Bill Watts, and um, he was around the business in the beginning. He knows the simple things like, which they blew off the other night, last night. You know, you, you take a year to shoot an angle and be sure that's your best town, your best night, and all those things, your best time of the month. You know, line up all the stars, you know. Uh, he knows the simple things, and you think he'd know the good, the bigger things, too, being around the business. Um, I don't know. You know, um, I don't know who would be a good choice for things like that right now, really. Yeah. Uh, Kevin has a good question here. Kevin Michael says, uh, what is you guys' favorite wrestling belt? He said his would be the big gold one. The NWA, I'm guessing, for that one. Yeah, me too. I guess that's my favorite too, the big NWA or WCW belt. See, I have to admit, I liked how Austin personalized his with the smoking skull. But mm -hmm. the NWA belt looks like a championship belt. Yeah. You know? It sort of goes back. It looks like the ones Luthez and Harley wrote War and all that. The bigger, exactly. the better, right? That's exactly. cool. Oh, and never says here. Sid doesn't have to go back in time. He can make time come to him. Thank you, never. <laughs> right. That's the way to do it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, that's the other thing about Pat Patterson, too. He was the first ever IC champion, intercontinental champion. I think that's correct. Yeah. And I just read today, he was the oldest person ever to get a belt. Last year, he won the 24-7 belt. So at 78, he held the title. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll tell you something. I don't think anyone loved the business anymore than he did. Um, he looked at a match as both participants being equal, no matter what the outcome was, because it's, it's what we were doing for the people, you know. He really looked at it like that. It was just, I remember him explaining that one time, telling me about how he looked at the business like that. You could tell he was sincere. He just had just this joy look on his face going, Sid, you know, I was great with both guys. You're doing it. It's just mad. You know, it's, he knows that, you know, and, and that's, that was the culture in the business at one time, you know. Nice. 
Uh, Danilo's got a question. What was the movie you had with Kevin Nash and Kurt Angle? He remembers seeing that. I, I, Kevin Nash, Kurt Angle. No, there was the one where uh, River Darkness. See, that's what's jumping to my head. I just don't remember if Kurt was in it. Kurt, I think, was in that, but he didn't tape the night me and Kevin taped. And then I did that weird one by myself that Kevin wasn't able to make that me and Kurt were in. Hmm. I think it's uh, River Darkness. Okay. Uh, Craig also says, imagine Sid and Zeus in 89 as a tag team. They could win matches just by standing there. <laughs> no, that would be pretty cool. That would be good. Actually, I remember him now. Yeah, Craig, but I don't need a sidekick. Up your nose, <laughs> dude, with a rubber hose. Danilo says, speaking of movies, how was it filming Ready to Rumble? Remember the scene where Martin Landau was beating you up, Perry Saturn and the others? I almost killed Martin Landau that night. Really? True story. Uh, we'd been there all day. This was uh, after midnight. Martin Landau had been drinking. He was drunk. And uh, there was a scene where he takes me and throws me into the wall. Um, you know, I... I had it was supposed to be a little faster, you know, and Martin was so, Mr. Landau was so messed up. By the way, him and my son, Frank, sit on the set all day drinking that day, you know, rum and cappuccino, just everything. They both were drunk. Um, Frank went to a strip club that night, the whole works. Anyway, um, so Martin, the I can't remember who the producer was, director. And it was like, man, we need this scene to go just a little faster. And I went, hey, don't worry about it, man. I'll, I'll do the motion myself. When he releases me, I'll just go on the wall. We'll we'll get it done. They went, okay, do that. So I took off, man, like a bat out of hell. And when he released me, it was like someone took a top and just spin it. He was just going. (laughs) (laughs) In the room, man, he fell. almost broke his arm, like a big hole in his arm. He was bleeding and everything. And uh, you tell everybody's freaking out. And I went, I I came over and went, hey, man. They told me to do that. They went, no, we did not. No, we did not. <laughs> That's what happened in my movie career. <laughs> like a top, right? I know, like a top. <laughs> so I was I was famous for that, killing people's career, just as I did in the wrestling business. I said, why stop wrestling business? Let me take it to the next level. Yep. Take a guy out that's done 4,000 movies, never has got a scratch on him. I break his old arm. <laughs> Thanks, you see. That's awesome. Uh, Sean Mitten asks, or he, I guess he comments here, the Silver Eagle belt looked great on Sid and Sean from London, UK. Okay, uh, Eagle Beagle. I don't know about the Eagle belt, uh, Silver Eagle. I think that's the WWF heavyweight because it had that eagle across the top. Yeah, I like that belt too. It was a little tighter, smaller, better fit. Yeah. Showed off my abs good. Yeah, I like that belt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, where is one here? Uh, okay. Brad says, Robin Sid, what do you think of the AEW inner circle clown show? Uh, just that Brad, after watching it last night, it really has become a clown show. Unfortunately, I thought it was pretty cool at first. Um, and I this, I'll go back to what I said, Rob, and you tell me if I said this or not, I said, my, my worry for them would be once they started getting on TV, that they would expose themselves. Either for the good or bad. And that right now they're just doing it for the bad. So um and we gotta remember we can't take bad back, you know? 
that's the beauty of these podcasts. Like you can literally go back and listen to you saying that in some of the earlier. Right. right. So uh, I'm just telling you, that's how the guys, everyone, the business is simple, a real simple. Now all the things we have to put into something become, it makes it become complicated. Um, so we take what facts we have, we put them together and we incorporate the facts with the other stuff. Then due to injuries and all this other stuff, we have to sometimes throw a mud pie together, but we want to have the facts and the things we know that work in the business. And, um, again, just the latest one, they shot that deal Omega and then without a crowd, the match didn't turn out as good as the interview and they lost everything they had built up for over a year. Uh, here, here is actually a good question too. What did Sid th- or Sid? What do you think of Sting signing with AEW? I think it's good. I think the only downfall of Sting is like even looks like when he was with Impact or TNA, you know, it's just he's limited. He's told me this personally before. You know, back in our early days, WCW, he said, you know, Sid, you're an idealist. He said, I'm just not. He says, give me an idea and I can work with, but I'm not. I don't come up with ideas. And uh, again, him not saying anything says, okay, we got to protect this guy and not let him get overexposed because uh, mm-hmm. there's not a lot he can do, you know. Well, that um, was his best gimmick back in the day, too, is when he was up in the rafters just lurking. That's what I'm saying. He's a prop. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. Uh, where was I? I just saw it here. Uh, I think the mistake with Sting, everyone, in my opinion, was all right, we know, you know, we know this. Uh, we always hear this. I did, you know, well, Sting didn't want to do this. Sting didn't want to do that. He don't want to, he don't think it's good for him. All right. So we know that's like, almost like Sabu, which I love to death. Uh, he wants to win all the time. They got their own little style. They're not going to ever be world champions. Just let them win. Let them do their deal and, and take advantage of them like that. Instead, you no know, Vince just ran him off, you know, by beating him and beating him and beating him, making him look stupid. And, um, I, it, he lost his last big hurrah um, because people didn't do the right thing. Uh, Sean here says, thanks for reading my Eagle Belt message. Please tell Sid he was the best convincing heel in pro wrestling. The UK loves Sid. He can rule the UK and the world. Sean from London. Thank you, Sean. And, oh, oh, look who showed up. Rondell. All right, Rondell. What's up, Robin Sid? Sorry I've been away. Hope all is well. I've tried to watch AEW. Maybe it's their gimmick storyline. It's ju- He's just not feeling it. Uh, Rondell, I agree with you 100%. They just, um, in my opinion, they had the worst show they've had last night. And it, it had some good points, which is interesting. So Yeah. All right, let's grab one more. And I think this is a really good one to end on. Okay. John Aaron asks Sid's ultimate Survivor Series team if he could make one. Man. No pressure. King of really? not allowed. Oh. All right, that would be uh, Bigelow, Vader, myself, and um, Bastion Booger. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I'm just joking. Me, myself, Vader, Vader me, myself, and I. Uh, <laughs> me, myself, I, and my and Sid Udi. No, no, I like Vader. I like Bigelow. Um, I take another monster in there. Probably Steve Williams. 
myself. Is that four? How many people do I get? Feeder? Yeah, that was yeah, it's four, right? Yeah. What's well, five? I'll take yeah, I'll take a couple more. <laughs> yeah. I'll take Rob I'll take Rob with me what? to have someone to <laughs> yeah, to apologize for all the stupid stuff we do. We <laughs> yeah. need a mediator. Yeah, we're so you gotta have a ball headed midget there as well. So Rob sort of covered two Wait. spots. <laughs> and that's what we do in independent wrestling. We get somebody that you do two gigs. We'll probably put a hood on Rob too. He could play three people. <laughs> so we're getting up to 10 people now. I don't know. I might have 10 or 20 people by the time this is over, y'all. This might take it to another show. Okay, Rondell, you're not helping him. Okay. L M A O O O. There you go. Mm. Okay. Well, on that note, Sid. <laughs> really, man. <laughs> Any last words? Well, um, listen, I do want to say this, um, and I'm, I'm not want anyone to get offended by this, but I think we had almost 3,000 deaths yesterday in the U.S., the highest hospitalizations. This is what's happening, everyone. The hospitalizations, what's happening is that it, they have to take you in to get you past what you, hoping you don't die. And that's what they're worried about the most right now. CDC said that um, they thought that the worst would be 3,000 deaths. And they thought they'd see this in, you know, 10 days or two weeks from now. It's at 2,700 people a day. That's right there at it. So we're going to be at 3,000, 4,000. Um, and I'm not trying to be a smart ass or anything. Just I want everyone to be careful. You know, really do. Um, you can wear your mask. You don't wear your mask. I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to go back to the gym tomorrow wearing a mask and try to get there early, pick my times to be around places that people aren't many people there. We just got to the next few months, everyone, we got to be safe. Um, so just, you know, God bless everyone out there. Be safe and I hope everyone um, just be safe, man. You've been listening to the Vicious Circle podcast. Your host, Sid Udi, co-host Rob Bellamy. Additional research by Pete Marsh. The Vicious Circle podcast is produced by Two Cousin Road Trip Production, a division of JX3 Media Productions. The intro music is Unleash the Giants by Cemetery Spawn, and the outro music is Digging Space by Mike Treblecock.